have you enjoyed the Unstuck series? Have you learned anything? Are you seeing it work in your life? I'm going to do my very best to end this thing today. This was supposed to be three services. How many are we? Eight. We're actually ten, count Wednesday nights. Because we do some, I do some follow-up. Those of you who haven't been here on Wednesday nights, man, we've been following up on Wednesday nights and teaching deep, deep, deep into this thing. This will be packaged up and, and we'll make it available as soon as I'm done with it. I'm going to get it edited, get it ready, and, and it'll be available for, for those of you who want it. We'll make sure that that's ready. But today, we're going to get there. We started this thing dealing with the fact that there are six things that everybody goes through in every situation. That you go through crucifixion. Amen. Is everybody listening? Go through crucifixion. We go through death, we go through burial. Those are the old man. Once you're buried and you become a memory, then you step over into quickening or new life. Then you go up from quickening to new life to raised. We've dealt with quickening. We go to raised and seated, right? Today we will be talking about raised and seated if I get there. That's my plan. But there's so much in this. It's, if I feel like I'm skipping a whole bunch of stuff. But I, I, got, I want to do a quick review. We dealt with the fact that you, listen to me now, Jesus did not die for your sins. Everybody looks at me so weird when I say that. He did not die for your sins. Your sins died with him. You just come to Jesus and realize it. That you don't have to be judged by your failure. You do have to repent and say, you know what, I pulled myself into a life I shouldn't have been in. But I, I didn't do this uh, on purpose. God, forgive me for where I misused Jesus. I accept you into my heart. Now, that's that. And then that old man, or, or what we call the old man, we're actually misinterpreting that. That the, the person that we thought we were was crucified with Christ. So y'all been living a ghostly lifestyle, just wasn't a holy ghostly lifestyle. So when we go from that, we realize that with Jesus, then we realize that once that that was crucified and that we let it die because we come to the altar with a lot of things that we pick up and take back with us, then we give it life with our resurrection mouth. So then we have to leave it there, let it die. Then we have to bury it because once you bury something, it becomes what? Just a memory, right? Amen? Just becomes just a vague memory. I, I think back of when I played music and traveled and did all those things and... It's just, it's almost like a bad dream. I, I don't even remember that guy. I, I'm, so, I'm so full of what God's doing in me now that that's the most important thing to me. And it has been for 20 years. And, and so once you get into that place, you, you see a whole new life. Once, once the old you becomes a memory, you've now become quickened. See, the first three are the old man. Now this one is quickening. We've been dealing with that. That starts into the new man. Now I'm saved. Now all that stuff's dead. I'm going to leave it buried, God, and I don't remember who I was or what I did, but I know I'm with you now, so teach me. Amen? So that's quickening or new life. Now we get from that over into raised and seated. Now, I want to deal with some things today. Go to Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 14. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, so just bear with me. Most of y'all that's been here a while, like, here we go. Romans 8, 14. We stayed here for like four and a half years one time. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, MST. We stayed here four and a half years, and we learned a lot. That's right, sonship. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. Say sons. This is the raised mindset. The sons of God. Now, now listen, all these four years of me teaching this stuff is about to come together, okay? Because y'all looked at me like cows looking at a new gate, but now it's fixing to understand. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, or you are the sons of God. For you, listen, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to what? Fear. Stop. Do you know that if we really knew God through Jesus the way we're supposed to, we would never have feared Him. Amen. See, religion has made us fear God. But yet Paul says you've not received the spirit of bondage again to what? But the spirit of adoption to... See, we, we, we've gotten into this thing and we figure, oh, they get saved and, and they've laid it down at the altar, but now we've got to clean them up. The only way they're ever going to get cleaned up is if their mind gets cleaned up. And you can make them act, dress, and be any way you want to. They, listen, let me tell you something. I've seen people shout in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues all over church and cuss you out at Walmart. Just me? 
Just me, you know, the ones that give you the number one sign with their fish sticker on their car? Some of y'all laughing because that was you. <laughs> if, you, if you knew God by the Spirit the way we were supposed to, because we've made the Holy Spirit look so foolish. Y'all, can we just, as Pentecostal people, can we just be honest? We've made the Holy Ghost look so dumb. And he is a very gentle, he, the representation of a dove means, or the very, the most non-aggressive entity on the planet, that's him. But yet the most powerful. But see, here's the thing. Bondage to fear, listen, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm doing my best, so y'all going to have to give me some leeway today. Bondage to fear is living by the law. Now, we learned last week that we, we know, we've read all these scriptures a thousand times, that the law killeth, but the Spirit gives life. That's not saying that the law didn't have its place. The law's place was not to give you something to live by and, oh, you can't do it. The law was put in place for you to realize, I can't live that way, I need a Savior. <laughs> the law was a legal document. Y'all got, y'all, y'all got to see this. The law, God had to put the law in place as a legal document written by him. So when that legal document was fulfilled, he could take back his creation. Because we learned last week that that was a system that understood the kingdom lived by the economy of blood. Y'all remember what we talked about? Their blood had to be shed over a contract. Jesus fulfilled the law. Blood was shed over the contract. So it's not that the law was broken and done away with, but it was fulfilled. If Jesus paid for it all, why are you paying today? If y'all could get past your own brains and start giving Jesus what he paid for, rather than trying to repay for something, we, you got to understand, there's a difference in forgetting to pay for something and, and trying to repay when somebody else is paid. Now, you can go down to the power company and pay somebody's bill, and they'll take it from you. And then they'll come in and try to pay their bill, and they'll take it from them, and they'll put a credit or they'll lie, depending on which branch you go to and whose window you go to first. But the truth is, the bill was already paid. Now, we dealt with this on a Wednesday night that if you had a mortgage and you've paid that mortgage off or you refinance and now you're paying on another mortgage, but the old mortgage company starts calling you trying to get money out of you, what are you going to do? Legal action. Leave me alone. Do you realize that when the law was fulfilled, you were given legal spiritual right to activate by faith the opportunity to be free Indeed. The problem is we have been so church-minded that we've missed spirit-minded. We've been so focused on church that we've completely missed everything. We, we dealt with this. Adam, listen to me. The first Jesus, the fall, we've already explained that. I don't have time to go through it again, but you know it wasn't a fall of rebellion. It was a fall of love. He used love in an improper fashion. He saw Eve in sin, and it was a lust of the flesh. I ain't got time to deal with that. You won't go there tonight, but there's a whole lot there. But your problem is, say my problem, y'all got saved and wanted to be perfect. And then you would say, when you mess up, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm a believer. I shouldn't have acted that way. How would I do that? And you begin to chip away at your own brain, and eventually you start pulling yourself out of church. I can't believe I went there. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did this. And the beautiful thing about the word is it's very clear. I'm saying God's not imputing your sin against you. You do have to repent, but he's not holding it against you. Now, here's the thing. You cannot live a mindset where you have to be perfect to be a Christian. Because Adam was perfect and never had sin until he entered a fallen state. And if a perfect man can fail... Y'all, y'all don't see this like I see it. Because I know I ain't perfect. I'm close. <laughs> y'all see that look? Y'all see that? <laughs> if a perfect man can fail, who do you think you are? 
But another perfect man came and he never failed. Through that fulfilled the law that the first failure brought, which means the first failure is now what? Paid for. Which means by one man's offense, sin reigned. Do y'all see it now? By one man's death. Will y'all quit beating yourself up? Most church services are boring because people are so bound up in what they've done wrong or what they think somebody next to them has done wrong that we can't even get to a place of freedom because we're trying to get everybody else to live holy and nobody wants you to pull your curtain back. What's this got to do with raised and seated? We're getting there. Just relax. Go to Romans chapter 3. Y'all learn anything? See, as you're going to Romans chapter 3, I want you to hear something. And, and, and today I'm doing my best, my absolute best to get this out. And I, w- I want to be done with this today because I need to get over into some other things. Let me read this and I want to show you something. Verse 19, Romans three nineteen. Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become what? Come on, all the world may become what? Guilty. But yet the law's been completed. So if the law's been completed, your guilt has been completed. Oh, y'all, listen, y'all want to stay bound up, I can tell. We're going to get you free today. Listen, the law was written, if y'all can write fast enough, write this down. The law was written to tell you how to live, but gave you no power to live it. Come on, y'all. The law was written so you could live perfectly, but yet it gave you no power to live it. God himself knew my perfect creation couldn't live it perfectly, so now we got to null and void the contract by blood, and now you don't have to live perfect, but be perfected by love. God in heaven. That's, if, if we could just get to the place where the world's not living, condemning one another, somebody can't even come to the altar in church anymore for people wondering what they did. That's your own guilt. That's not what they did. That's your guilt. That's your, that's your, your mind going to a place that it shouldn't go to because you should be perfected in love. You should be over into the place where you know you can't live perfectly. Thank God for grace. That's what grace was for. To give you an opportunity to realize that you can be raised and seated. Let me tell you something. The old man that the Bible refers to, listen, it's not the person, Jason, that we were before we were saved. That is the biggest misconception in the church. Well, this is my old, you know, I'm just, uh, the old man rises back up. No, no, no. The old man is not, that man's dead, crucified, buried. Listen, the old man is when you think and try to fix without Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I got so many things to get to. All right, let's try to do this. All right, Romans, Romans chapter five. Are y'all getting anything this morning? I'm, I, let me lay this foundation and we'll get into it. Matter of fact, hold on, hold on. Y'all, stay, y'all keep going to Romans chapter 5. You keep that up there. Now we know that so everything the law saith and it says unto them that brings up guilt. Now look, there's something that's missed here. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, which means there is an internal fleshly law that has a voice that you listen to. You think it's morality. And it's really nothing more than your judgment because you don't put that harsh judgment on yourself. Y'all see this? You're listening. The greatest voice that became the greatest voice in the garden was the third voice. That was the voice of Lucifer. That was the voice of Satan. And that voice is still speaking through the law. Well, God gave the law. Yeah, but Satan... Satan twisted it to try to make you live by something. You got to understand, if we would have understood in the Old Testament that this was nothing more than a legal contract, why do you think they were looking for Jesus to come back? But they had their own mindset on what they thought was coming. They were looking because they understood the contract. They understood that once blood is over this thing, we don't have to live this way anymore. But they got perverted by the law and they wanted this king to come in and just take over the whole region. That's not what God had in mind. God had in mind blood covering the world. So the whole world 
could live guiltless, blameless, sickness-free. So you wouldn't have to get stuck in something that you were... Jesus died to take every ounce of pain you had. Spiritual, emotional, guilt, whatever it is. He died for that to be gone. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all hearing me? Listen, Romans 5, verse 20. Oh, Lord, help me. Moreover, the law entered... Here we go. Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. Y'all been offended this week? But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Listen, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through right standing, which if you're in Jesus, you're in right standing, unto eternal life by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's deal with this. Go back to verse 17. I want you to see this. We're dealing with the fact that all these things don't have to get us down. Now, look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned, much more they which received what? Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in what? In life. Y'all, this is now. This is right now. That you're supposed to be to the point that you don't, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong, that you have such a right standing mindset that you know God's going to forgive you anyway. Now that's not giving you a premeditated sin mindset. Let's, let's go ahead and just throw that out there. What that's giving you is an opportunity to know that even in your failure, you fall forward. And that a good father's there to pick you up. He's there to love you. He's there to intervene, to be everything. And he'll correct you and he'll mold you. But he's there for you. Now, we dealt with this. We dealt with the fact that free, free, to be free indeed is not what we think freedom is. Let me just deal with this because I don't want there to be any confusion. I believe in grace, but I believe in the fullness of grace. I believe you can't just pull one part of grace out and use it. I don't believe in grace Pharisees that are so full of freedom that they don't even go to church anymore. Their grandchildren are going to go to hell because they've never heard about Jesus. Let's just be real about it. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is understanding that you, because of the law that gave you no power to live it, realized that you needed a supernatural power to get you to live the law, but yet you don't have to live the law. You just have to live love. Until sin entered, Adam had no sin nature. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which means... That by one man's sin, all, the, all this entered. But yet, he re, the mindset is he rebelled, but yet there was no rebellion in him. The old man in Adam, which we never even realized he had one. The old man tried to fix it without consulting God first. And don't raise your hands on how many of y'all did that this week. You're not raised and seated in heavenly places, which is where you're supposed to be as a Christian. Until you stop trying to fix your life without Jesus. Ain't got nothing to do with you being saved. There's a whole lot of saved people living in hell. Now, I'm not talking about actual hell. I'm talking about here hell. You know, like people calling you, driving you crazy. All that kind of stuff. But here's what you got to understand. Now, I'm going to try to move fast here and we're going to go on forward. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Here we go. Now, thanks be unto God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always, say always, causes us to triumph. I love that. Always causes us to triumph if you're not always triumphing then you need to check with him because there's things that he's wanting you to adjust or do that you're not paying attention to now listen that make manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place for we are unto God here we go a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish now, it goes on and talks about the savor of death. Now, I want you to understand something. We just came out of a holiday. And 
when did you smoke those ribs before? Not the not Memorial Day, but like that was like the Friday before. Was it? Our neighbor, uh, Joe, y'all have met Joe, he's been here before, but he's like the barbecue king. Now he can cook, don't get me wrong. But he, April wanted to learn how to smoke some ribs. She can cook and she can barbecue, but she never smoked anything. Now, Joe came on and taught her and all this and, and, and told her what to do. And, and it was so funny because she, she called me. She's like, what am I supposed to? I just eat. How am I supposed to help? <laughs> so I said, call Joe. So she calls Joe and Joe tells her what to do. And everything's cranking up. Man, it smells so good. To the point that Joe and, and Michelle, our neighbors, and their kids come over. Because <laughs> it smells so good. Hey, you, when you know how you can walk outside you can smell if somebody's barbecuing? Or you can smell if somebody's, you know, doing something they shouldn't, you know, hey, well, <laughs> y'all too holy for that, but I can pick it up in a minute. Just going to tell you. But here's the thing. When she cranked that up, there was a savor, a smell, a sweet savor that filled the, the neighborhood to the point that they were standing there talking to us and Joe just slaps his wife and says, let's go. They took off Sam's and bought, bought 50 pounds of meat because they had to go cook too. See, listen, you got to understand in the Old Testament, when a king would overtake a kingdom, he would drag out all of the soldiers that were there and all of the leaders of the former king. It would drag them and literally chain them and drag them through the streets. And then take the spoils and the taxes and the money of that kingdom and distribute it to the people. Because what they were doing was trying to win favor with the people. But as that was going on, their priests, for whatever God they worship, would walk through with censers. Y'all have seen them with the censers and the smoke coming out? To the point that it changed the entire smell of a kingdom. Now, what's your point? Here's my point. You should be so immersed in Christ that the very atmosphere you walk in should make people take notice whether you're going through hell or not. You should be such a sweet savor unto the Lord. We talked about the five senses of the Spirit and I don't have time to go through all those. But you, you, you should be so full of what He's doing in you that it rubs off on everybody you bump into. You should be so raised that you should be above and have your feet dangling over what it is that's trying to bother you. Listen, let, let, me, let me try to say it this way. When you're seated, you're noticed. That's the easiest way I can say it. When you're, after you've gone through, you've realized this has been crucified with Christ, it, I let it die, it's buried, that's the old man. The old man exists no more. I've been quickened. I'm in life, I'm being raised, and I'm being seated. And because I'm seated, people now see me. And whether you know it or not, people see you. Whether you believe it or not, people see you. And, and the most dangerous place to be is to have the anointing and the grace and to be seated. And then to watch people look at you and hope that you're real and for them to see you're not. That's why you have to stay in that place where you're above what attacks you. Do you understand? We, we think, let, 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 me, let me give you some scripture context real quick. Go to Colossians. I'm, I'm going to give you this and then we're going to move forward. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Now we're talking about being raised. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities. Now understand, Colossians, listen to me now. There's a big issue here in the church that they don't really understand certain things unless they let God open it up to them. Because people read Colossians, go back to verse 9 for me. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians speaks of being seated in heavenly places. Colossians speaks of after Jesus' death. What people don't understand is when they read that, now go to the next text, fullness and the Godhead bodily, 
And you are complete in Him, which is the head of principality and power. Well, you know, Jesus died and left all His power with us. We're missing, we're missing something very, very important. Because in our human religious minds, we think that we're attached to the earthly Jesus. But we're not. We're attached to the glorified Jesus. Well, what's the difference? I will tell you the difference. Jesus said in Luke and Matthew that I cast out demons and perform miracles by the finger of God. But yet Paul says God raised Jesus with his arm. Which means we only saw a minute portion of the power we walk in through Jesus. Oh, I don't believe you, Pastor. Greater things will you do. Go back to verse 9. In him dwells the fullness, which is the fullness of power and authority in the Godhead bodily. That's not the body of Jesus. Listen, that is the body of Christ. (laughs) When he was raised, you were given more power than he had when he walked. And if Satan can keep you thinking that you're just a servant of the Lord, you don't see yourself covered in glorified blood, which one can do above and beyond all that you can ask or think. That's seated. Are y'all seeing this? Oh, my God. We've, we've been in church so long thinking we were anointed, and we didn't know. Anyway, I'm so tired of not knowing nothing. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. <laughs> if you then be risen with Christ, that's not Jesus. That's the anointed one, his anointing. You understand they're two different. Now, it is Jesus, but I don't have time to go back through the whole series. Seek those things, listen, which are above. Hey, y'all have heard this scripture. Come on, we've, we've used this and tried to get people filled in the Holy Ghost. That's not what this scripture is about. Seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things above. For you are dead and your life is hidden within Christ. Your life is with Christ in God. Excuse me. When Christ, who is our life, listen, when Christ or the anointed one in his anointing that he left, which is, it's your life, shall appear then who shall appear with him? You. Do you understand? It's not an issue. Listen, being raised and seated is not an action. It's a revelation. Y'all think y'all can pray your way there? You think you can shout your way there? You think you can run and jump your way there? You think you can lay it all down and cry your way there? No, 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 no. You've got to reveal your way there. And realize that he died. So greater things you can do. Because there's now agreement in the spirit. And two people that's walking in the fullness of God's power. Can accomplish something through agreement. That Jesus who cast out demons by the finger. or the Y'all come on. I, I used to lift weights. I know you can't tell. But I could lift more here than with this. I know Jerry could lift everything one finger. But this is a minute portion. Of the strength in your body. But yet Colossians 2 said. You're in the fullness. (laughs) The significance of the finger of God being here. Was dealing with the fact that it was by the finger of God. That God cast out Lucifer. (laughs) This is big and y'all come on. Which means. Quit trying to figure it out and just live it. Quit beating yourself up over things that you can't fix. Because you keep living it because you keep thinking on it. It's your very fear of the death part of your life that keeps that death alive. But you got to be focused on the fact that that guy's buried. He's just a memory. You don't have to deal with this anymore. And even if you do, there's a God that's willing to forgive you and keep you in a power that you can't even fathom. Which means, oh Lord... Because of this, if the glory is going to appear in him and with him you, that means you are seated above 
Every single ounce of cancer, every single ounce of pornography, every single ounce of perversion, every single ounce of incest, every single ounce of mental illness, every single ounce of problems, every single ounce of, uh, uh, well, my kids got chicken pox. You're above that. Well, you know, Pastor, you know, listen, this is what you got to do. You got to settle yourself to the point that you realize that no matter what you're going through, even if you're dealing with symptoms, you're still above it. See, you know how Satan beats us? Is that when we start dealing with it, we think we've done something wrong. And the truth is, it's not about what you've done wrong. It's about him trying to get you to think on wrong. Because if you dwell on wrong, you have now brought yourself from seated back to having to go to a funeral again. Are y'all seeing this? Now, I want you to see... When we walked in this, we don't understand that the earthly Jesus was never meant to be our God. He was just a representation. Have you ever really understand? We saw things. We've had representations in our life. We've all tasted and seen what was good. I used to think Gigi's cupcakes were good till I tasted Hannah's. Anybody tasted Hannah's cupcakes? Oh, just stop for a second. Lord, we thank you. <laughs> Son. But just to taste, you don't understand how good the whole thing is if you just taste a piece. And see, what Jesus came to do was to give you an example or a sample. You ever walk through the mall and they're out there with them trays and they're giving you a sample? Just enough, just enough to get you to want the whole thing. Y'all, that's all Jesus was. Well, you're, you're disregarding his deity. No, no, I'm actually getting you to understand what he gave you. See, he didn't come just to get you forgiven. He came to get you seated. You are God's greatest creation. You are the apple of his eye. You are everything he ever wanted. Well, I've done this. I've said this. I've been here. He don't care. As long as you come to him and say, you know what? I was a mess, but I'm not anymore. Jesus is in my heart. Thank God. You are now, listen to me, seated as quickly as if somebody who's never sinned. Because if Adam could sin being perfect then it makes no difference to God about your sin being imperfect as long as you accept that you can't live without Him. That brings you to the place that nothing can... You understand how much authority you have. Your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandparents, this life, your boss, your money can't stop you. You're settled over into what you think. Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I don't make enough money. Did He ask you how much money you made? You got to stop asking permission to be blessed. You got to stop. Well, you got to stop putting parameters. Well, if I pray enough, if I get up at four o'clock, they used to tell me, son, if you're going to be successful in ministry, you better get up four o'clock in the morning and pray till seven. Well, then I had to quit that because I was so ill for me. Is it not true? So obviously that didn't work for me. But what works for me doesn't work for everybody else. Well, Pastor, I don't know if you can really prove that. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Which means you've got to settle over into the fact that God ain't mad at you. Not only is he not mad at you, but he wants you in a place that you can't even believe exists and that you're good enough to get there. And the beauty is you ain't got to be. Because it's the blood that covers you that's reserved your seat. Thinking on high things... Let's read this again, Colossians 3, verse 1. If then, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, and it deals with all these for the next few scriptures on things that are above. Now, spiritual people, right here. <laughs> you ever seen those spiritual people? I mean, you can't even talk to them in jacks without them praying in tongues. Now, they're so holy, they don't go to church. But they so, man, they, they have visions and dreams. And they got a word for you every time they bump into you. Y'all know those people? 
But you let the girl get her order wrong. You see who they are. That is not thinking on things that are above. If you dig this out, if you really get back into the Hebrew, what this is saying is think from a seated position. Which means you're over this. Well, I just don't see myself above it. I didn't say anything about being above. I said over. Well, the flu's hit my body. You're over it. Sickness is going through our house. You're over it. See, this is how this works. Can I, I don't like to give examples because if I give examples, people will think my example should be their example. And you've got to find your own way. But for me, I'll come in here and I'll begin to, you know, some people pray, you know, they do that rocking thing. You ever seen them in their chair just praying and rocking? I ain't making fun, I'm just saying. Me personally, I can't, I can't sit still when I'm praying. I, if, I, if I'm really moving over into a place, I just got to walk. That's why I don't pray with people around, because they get in my way. Just get out of my way. I come in here. This is thinking on things that are above, seeing things from a seated position. I come in here, and I, begin, I, stay, I start right here, and I just begin to praise God and just begin to worship. And a lot of times, I'll, after, after you know, 15 or 20 minutes or so, I'll go in my office, and, and I'll be released and go in. There. Sometimes I'll go in there, and the Holy Spirit will say, where are you going? Come on right on back out and keep going. And I'll go around and walk around these chairs over and over and over. And I'll just be praising the Lord and talking to him about things. And I'll slip over into the Holy Ghost and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Walking around, laying hands on every chair, every family that comes to my remembrance. I calling out, bless, speaking the blessing. But this is what will happen. Because there's a very real difference in praying to God and praying with God. See, all of that's me praying to God. But then something happens. And it's, uh, it's different every time. And I shift over into this place where nothing exists. Now, this is my example. For many people, it's different. But I'll hear a word. For, uh, it could be anything. Uh, the, the last example for me, uh, personally, uh, was supply. That's, the, that's all I heard. So now I begin to slip in and out of tongues in English. God, I thank you for every ounce of supply that we need and that supply that's coming we're not supposed to have. The supply that has bondage to See, you begin to see it from a different perspective. You begin to see that somebody may be wanting to send, send $10,000 to you, but they may want to come preach to your people, and they shouldn't speak in here. And if y'all don't think that happened, y'all ain't never been in ministry. People will come in and throw money down on your desk as long as you'll let them preach. But they don't need to be speaking to y'all because y'all smart people. Now, listen, then when I slip over into that place, I just begin to see it from a different perspective and begin to pray it from every side that, that I could possibly see. But, but in my human mind, I can't see it that way. But yet somehow I see it that way, which means my human mind's now got to get out of the way. This is why we can't get so caught up in tongues that we miss the Spirit. If you get so caught up in praying in tongues, You've missed that God's trying to speak to you because praying is a two-way street. See, we, we've, we've tried to take uh, praying in the Holy Ghost or praying in tongues and make that the end all and say all. Oh, listen, I know you're saved and you're baptized, but if you, if you just learn to pray in the Holy Ghost, listen, I done told y'all, I've had Holy Ghost people cuss me out. So I don't necessarily buy that that makes you more holy. Should you walk in that? yes. But should you walk in it the right way? Absolutely. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. Pentecost, for people who don't understand it, is very scary. We've done that. Because the Holy Spirit's gentle. And we've made a mistake in how we treat people. Now, when people begin to see the benefit, they begin to question and wonder. And there's always fear with something you're not used to. But, there, but you've got to get to the place that it's just you and God. I didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit with people around. I, they drove me crazy. I had one hanging on this arm, one shaking me around, one rubbing my head. And I'm the kind, I don't want you touching me anyway. I'd rather just kick y'all in the teeth and go to the house. I'm serious. But yet sitting at home was at a prayer group and I was sitting there and that little boy, T.D. Jakes was on TV and that little boy laid his hands on my shoulders and I was crying because I said, God, I want all of you. I began to pray so softly in the Holy Ghost. See, I, I didn't get it in church, so I don't see it like church people see it. 
Well, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that. Well, it didn't happen for me. Well, you sure you got the real thing? Come on, man. Even as a dumb Christian, I knew better than that. I did drugs last week, don't want to do them this week. Something's different. (laughs) So as I'm praying, and I'm going back and forth, when God speaks the word supply to me, it is not my responsibility to slip into my soul and try to figure out what he means. Because now you're interceding. And it's not your business. All you're doing is making a crooked pathway straight. And you're saying what he said to you by the Spirit of God, which means the angels assigned to your life now have an assignment. Well, prove that, Pastor. The angels hearken unto the voice of the word. Well, you know, we were created a little lower than the angels. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you were created a little lower than God. So was Jesus. All right. Now, how do you do this? You have to access it by faith. Philippians chapter 3. I'm trying my best to end this today. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Now understand something. This is Paul speaking. Paul had an encounter with Jesus, face-to-face personal encounter with Jesus. Right? We all know that. Paul, which means that he had such an encounter with Jesus that he knew him. The Bible says that he knew him. They, they connected. Now here's, listen, this is what Paul says. Verse 10, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection which means you can be saved and know what he died for but not know what he rose for you can be saved and be ready for heaven and do your thing and hallelujah happy happy and have no idea that there is a power in the resurrection that wasn't here before he died which means after he was resurrected a new power was released we think that's the Holy Ghost it's not the Holy Ghost was the administrator he's here to teach you how to use a new power that Jesus could give you an example a sample but yet he could only show you without the Holy Spirit how but yet the Holy Spirit comes in the fullness of how to operate this thing. Why do you think Smith Wigglesworth could walk into funeral homes documented by secular newspapers, snatch people out of coffins, and raise them from the dead? That's a new power. Why do you think that Oral Roberts could have tent crusades around this world, have documented healings, legs growing back. I actually saw the video of a little boy whose foot had no bones in it. And I saw that. Come on, y'all. That y'all act like that happens to you every day. But it could. But Oral only did what the Lord told him to do. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. Which means he was in a place where this earth was secondary. He was thinking on higher things, which means he was actually, although he was here, he was still seated. Which means if he's there now in the fullness of the Godhead, you're there with him in the fullness of the Godhead. Which means by this time next month, y'all should see victory like crazy. Because you're above this stuff. You shouldn't be walking in this man. I don't care who's in your life telling you what. When did they become Jesus? When did they become the blood that covers you? When did they become the power of his resurrection? There is something in you you've not tapped into yet. There is a TV show on uh, Investigate Discovery. I don't know if y'all watch those I love Investigate Discovery. It's, matter of fact, the Lord's kind of getting on to me about it because there's too much death in it. But there's a show that comes on there 
uh, is, is called I Fought Back. And it's about women who have been attacked by men and something on the inside of them snapped and they almost killed them men. Now, and their, their words are almost identical. I don't know, something just came alive inside of me. Why is it that we can accept that in human terms? But we can't accept the power of his resurrection could come alive. Oh, come on now. Do y'all realize that in one week, God can make you a millionaire? If you just got there to the right place. In one week, God could heal your entire body and your entire family. In one week, God can turn every situation you're living in one hour. In 45 minutes, he gave her a new husband. Appreciate y'all's excitement about my salvation. In 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Y'all got 45 minutes to give to God? My God, you give it to Facebook. I read y'all stuff. You got it for everything else. You got it for your phones. You got it for your friends. It amazes me the amount of people who decide to build a cage for themselves and then want God to get them out. And God will, but you never had to go there. I wish somebody would have told me as a young man I didn't have to go there. Now, how does this work? How are we raised above poverty and lack and fear and insecurity and sickness and disease and lack? How are we raised above our community? How are we raised above demonic activity? How are we raised above our religion? How are we raised above our denomination? How, 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 how? By faith. It's all by faith. The beauty of faith is we've all got it. It's not built on if you're pretty or ugly because I'd be in trouble both ways. (laughs) Y'all get that on the way home. It's not based on whether you're taller, taller or short. It's not based on whether your eyes are blue or green. It's based on faith. And the truth is faith is a whole lot more simple than we made it out to be. Because, listen to me, when you can accept that the old man is not the person that you were before you were saved, if you can accept that the old man is how you think without Jesus, then you can change that and be in faith. When I first got saved, let me just go ahead and tell you, and I got witnesses here. Joy and Marsha have seen this happen. We walked into our house, and within eight months, we picked up an $80,000 check and paid it off. Debt free. But dogged, they'll tell you, dogged determined. I know what God said. Couldn't back me off, even her. She's like, you got to have common sense. Had that chicken. (laughs) Didn't you? And I would say, no, I don't. I don't. Y'all remember, I don't have to have common sense. Obviously, I don't have a lot. But I knew what God said. Now, let, let me deal with this whole debt thing. Well, Pastor, you were in debt, and the Bible says to owe no man nothing but to love him. That's true. That is true. But God told us to finance the house, didn't he? There was a whole long situation i got to get into, but we were, we were believing God, believing God, and, and this money was here, and we had the down payment and all this, and how are we going to pay this $80,000? And God spoke to us and said, go to the bank, dummy. And I wrestled with that, didn't I? I was like, oh, no, I'm debt-free. I'm, I'm a word of faith man, debt-free. Listen, I'm not saying go get in debt. I'm saying God said. There is a complete difference. God said we went and it was easy, such an easy process. Walked in. Listen, and now let me just go, go ahead and tell you, and my, my mother-in-law can tell you all this. We could have, because of some mistakes the realtors made, we could have had our house free from the beginning, couldn't we? Because they didn't. there was some paperwork on lead paint that we didn't sign, that they never gave to us, which is in Alabama state real estate law is a foul. And we could have made the insurance company pay our house off, and we'd have been, but we're not those kind of people. We weren't going to make that real estate agent lose her job. And I said, this is not it. God does not use hurting others to bless me. Eight months later, <laughs> we were in an aggressive discussion over our house being, you said God was going to pay this house off? And this went on for actually a few days. 
and the phone rang and I said even today Lord Jesus and she goes you shut your mouth <laughs> it didn't you she, looked, she won't even answer because she knows she did <laughs> I picked up the phone or she picked up the phone and it was the bank and they said hey can't really tell you the details but we got a check here $80,000 come pick it up and pay the house off and she, again she goes not a word <laughs> it's what she said now I made some mistakes after that because I listened to people I shouldn't listen to and got over into some debt and I shouldn't have but the difference was now believing for debt freedom is different because I, I, we get over in the mindset well God paid it off once and we made a mistake and oh we made we, God I, forgive me forgive me I know I made no 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 he's still the same God you just got to hear him the right way Pastor, is God going to pay my house off? I don't know. Go pray. Listen, he'll tell you exactly how he can do it. It is is absolutely his will that you're not in debt and in bondage to people. It is absolutely his will. But it all works by faith. It all works by understanding that you are seated. If you're seated, I'm going to leave you with this, and then I, I got to wrap this up. If you're seated, being seated is not something you do. It's something you enforce. You don't realize that all power, say all, all power was given to you. When you realize that all power was given to you, your chest goes out a little bit more. Because you know you don't have to lose. This whole can't lose for winning thing, I believe it. But I believe in listening to the Lord and doing it the right way. I I don't like being so full of faith you're arrogant. I don't like being so spiritual nobody can even talk to you. What I like is people that are seated and know who they are. Because not only are they walking in all power, they're walking in all love. Because they know it was all love that gave them all power. When you are seated, you enforce the fact that the enemy can't stop you. When you are seated, you enforce. That which, you ever got to that place? Now, now, intercessors in the room, I want you to pay attention because y'all know. You ever got to that place where you're praying and all of a sudden you get after something in the spirit like it's a dog in your yard? Has anybody ever done that? Man, I do. I get over to that place where I just begin to attack stuff. What you're doing is you're starting to get seated. Because you're realizing this can't go on. The problem is, is if you don't have this understanding, when you come out of that, you go back to an old way of thinking. Are y'all seeing this? So what I, my whole goal is to get you seated in heavenly places, at the right hand of the Father, in Christ, walking in the power of a resurrection, which is the fullness, not the faith. Why is it? Why is it that the, the, the Ten Commandments were written with the finger of God? And why is it that Jesus casts out devils with the finger of God? Which means there was an equal playing field until Jesus bled, which opened up the floodgate of the fullness of the power of the resurrection and the fullness of the Godhead. Because you have got to get up every morning And know that your day is subject to your voice. You've got to understand that your day has to mold itself to you. You can't get out in your day and things go crazy and you get mad at God. When he's giving you everything to fix it. When he's getting, well, what about this or what about this? It doesn't matter if things happen. It matters as long as they don't happen inside of you. It doesn't matter if stuff goes on as long as it don't go on inside of you. When you walk into a situation and you are the one in control, people look to you. That's the saver. That's the barbecue in the neighborhood. That's the censors. Now let me leave you with this one thing. When the Hebrews, when they listened to God and they marched around Jericho and followed every instruction listen oh this is so good 
when they followed every instruction that God gave them. And I'm talking about to the T. We're really good at following instructions, but do you follow everyone? Because if you would, you'd stop putting some stuff on Facebook. Anyway, they followed every instruction. The walls fell. They took the city. We already dealt with what happens when the city's taken and the the atmosphere changes. But here's what y'all have missed. In a week, listen to me, in a week, they took a city, which means in a week, they were given a whole new region and a full economy. Which means they walked in to supernatural income. They walked into homes they didn't build. They walked into places they didn't even think they could walk into. But because they obeyed, they saw something great happen. You got to stop thinking what you can and can't do. You got to start just listening. And when he says it, don't think, can I do this? No, 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 no. You think, I'm seated. He said it. That's enough. Your faith is not in what you believe. It's in where you believe from. Because if you believe from a poverty mindset, you really don't believe you hope. Oh, come on. If you're just hoping against hope, you're not prospering. But if you believe from a seated position, if you believe from the throne, and just so you'll make sure you get this, the throne is not just God's. It's yours too. Because you're his offspring. And everything he wants for him, he wants for you. Now listen, this, this, is, this is where I, I'm going to have to unplug and just let you go. When you're seated in heavenly places, thinking from that mindset, when you sing, it is well, it makes sense. You don't have to be convinced by people. I got to say this. If you really believe from a seated position... You don't have to call seven people and ask them what they think. I very rarely ask people what they think, not because I don't think your opinion's valuable. I do. But I know if he says it, that's enough. And I'm not going to give anybody the opportunity to change what he said inside of me because that's what we do. And the greatest issue in church is that we're looking for confirmation and agreement when that confirmation and agreement should come from the Holy Spirit first. And if you have that... You have enough. Because I want us to go out of this year and into next year with results. Well, that's a long time away. That's just plenty of time to prosper. That's plenty of time to see our families get whole. That's plenty of time to see money come into our hands. That's plenty of time for our bodies to straighten up. Well, pastor, I just need you to give me a a physical example. Just a physical, just a physical example. Just give me something. Just give me something. Okay. When Ricky's out in the hallway, but when Ricky was going through all his treatments with his hand, and he would be so weak and gray, what would they do? Give him blood. And within hours, it was amazing, wasn't it? Charlie, you remember that? Just turn him around. If human blood can do that, come on now. If human blood can save your life and, and in, in 30 minutes turn you around. Father, we bless you. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood, Lord. Come on, just lift your hands and think about that. If human blood can set you free, if human blood can get you out of the state of weakness, just imagine what the blood of Jesus can do inside of you right now. In the name of Jesus... Everybody under the sound of my voice, whether you know it or not, you are seated in heavenly places. You have got everything that you need to walk in a new life, in a new way, and to see greatness show up. Well, Pastor, I'm stressed about this. I'm stressed about that. Stress is not seated. You are. Dethroned. Whatever it is you're looking at and realize that you are seated next to the most powerful entity, period. And that most powerful entity has your back. 
well, you don't know what my wife's done. You don't know what my husband said. You don't know what my parents did. You don't know what kids did. You don't know what financial situation I'm in. No, but I know the blood that covers you and the power of his resurrection that's in you. All you have to do is enforce it. Come on, just close your eyes and worship for just a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all learn anything in the last eight weeks? Is your lives changed for the better? Thank you, Lord. Bless them, Lord. On all sides and in every way.